boxing's newest superstar, Jake Paul, takes on combat sports legend Tyron Woodley in a special night of boxing featuring five fights. Amanda Serrano defends her world titles against Yamilith Mercado. Former champ Ivan Buranchik battles Montana Love. Plus, heavyweight Daniel Dubois faces Giuseppe Cusimano. And undefeated Tommy Fury takes on Anthony Taylor. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Sunday, August 29th at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on pay-per-view. Order now. Go to Showtime.com slash PPV. Floor play brought to you by Barstool Sports and presented by Owens Mixers, our presenting sponsor. Yes, this crew of four. We got the whole band back together today, by the way. Gentlemen, hello. How are we? Hello. Hello, hello. Doing fantastic. Fantastic. Really? Uh, it's I another really well. I'll, I'll speak for myself personally. Again, I, I don't know. I'm sure people hate when we talk about this, but it's another earlier podcast that we're doing, and I'm just still trying to like get myself rolling downhill. That's all. I'm feeling fantastic. I woke up with a 98% whoop recovery, 100 HRV. We traveled all weekend in the thousand degree heat in Detroit. We were fucking exhausted from Thursday to Sunday. Last night I slept like. I don't know, 30 hours, and I woke <laughs> up with just everything green. So I'm feeling great. I could run a decathlon right now. Good. You we're just saying your ulnar nerve, though, Frank. I mean, like, that's why oh. Fantastic threw me off. That's something I've been dealing with for years. And I, I'm going to the doctor today right after the show is airing. So if we cut off a little bit earlier, if I have to leave, I have a doctor's appointment. It's funny that, like, doctor's appointments have to happen during the workday, and then you realize that like, that's their workday. You're just like, why is this like, why was the only option like 11 o'clock on a Monday? And they're like, well, like, that's like, that's our, that's our schedule. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why can't I go at Saturday at 11 o'clock at night? That works better for me. Um, so I got to get that figured out. I can't keep sleeping with a brace on my elbow. It's starting to get uncomfortable. So got that. You sleep on. with a brace on your elbow? Yeah, I sleep with a brace too, because I, what? it stops you from bending your your arm and like putting it under your pillow and then like you wake up and my arm would legitimately I'd have to like get it going like a car like I'd like literally start like shooting it towards like the sky like let's go let's get this thing let's wake this thing up and now I wake up and it's fine so the the brace works so what is the doctor gonna do what do you what do you like well I went a, a couple surgery? weeks ago and they said that um we're trying to avoid surgery at all costs. So I'm trying – like there's ways of like maybe moving the nerve or like manipulating the nerve. Um, there's all these stretches and moves to kind of have it go down the elbow and not be so irritated. But today we're doing like MRIs, nerve tests and stuff like that. So we're just going to get answers today. Today I also like – so my girlfriend does MRIs and, like, and if this guy gives me a script to go get him, I, I'm, I'm going to ask her to give me like an MRI on my brain too. Like I think I'm just going to do it all. And if I don't come back to the show, it's because I'm going straight to the hospital. Wow. I wonder <laughs> when that's going to turn up. Anyways, Owen's Mixers. Uh, go, you know, Tuesday. You get uh, any mixer that you would like. It is it is a Tuesday, but it's summertime. It's nice out. Maybe you're going to have a, a drink tonight while you watch uh, TV. Or maybe you're going to have a drink during lunch because you're trying, to, you're trying to chill out. You're trying to just, like, relax. Maybe you're trying to get away from the work day. Maybe you're a doctor. Well, I probably shouldn't be doing it if you're a doctor. Well, they no. definitely shouldn't be doing it for your doctor. Well, after you but see maybe, Frankie, maybe. You might need one. Um, and if you're going to have a cocktail, you should pour Owens Mixers into it because it's going to make it delicious. You get on Amazon, next day delivery. You can go to owensmixers.com. You can just find out where they have it and go acquire it. From the Barstool Transfusion mix to the mint cucumber and lime to the grapefruit and lime, tonic, and all kinds of good stuff. So Owens Mixers, big thanks to them for supporting us for a long time. 
um, <clears throat> travel show. Speak, so real quick, speaking of that, do you think there's any doctors sure. that do take a sip of like whiskey before they perform like a major surgery? Like you know, a lot of like there's a lot of people in the world in their job where like they sometimes need that to what maybe like calm the nerves or. Like, it's like some guys uh, like perform better when they drink, right? Like you just is there one guy out there that's like sneaks one in, like a flask, where he's just like, I just gotta get this done, like I think you would be afraid yeah. by how high that number is. Yes. Oh really? Agreed. Dude, yeah. Think about um doctors at weddings, right? And then like they get called in to do surgery. Like you, you know, like sometimes they'll get like like calls in, like these surgeons. I mean, I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy, so like they'll be out, they'll be fucking, they'll be drinking, and then all of a sudden they get a call. There's a helicopter crash. They got to go save people's fucking eyeballs out of their head. So it's like you can't not live life. You have to you have to drink at some point. And as far as I understand it, I could be super wrong, but it's a very stressful job, and I'm sure there's people who just self medicate. With whatever it may be, whiskey, vodka. I hope it doesn't happen on a regular basis, but I think the number's higher than I feel like Lurch thinks. We're going to get some scary DMs Oh, yeah, because – so, Frankie, are you saying, though, you made it sound like in an emergency situation, an officer's getting caught because he's out – or, sorry, not an officer, a doctor's getting caught because they're drinking and they're getting called in. But the question was proposed of, like, no, before a big surgery, I just, like – take a shot of whiskey to get me loose to get me comfortable now i think that is wrong like the i think the i think somebody does it the numbers the numbers years. somebody does it somebody has to do it right so the, I, the, I, the, I don't think was proposed, i think the question was proposed ago, yes, as one right hmm. i see i the, uh, my original question i still want the answer to that but the only reason i brought up the emergency situation is that it's not out of the question for a doctor or a surgeon to be performing his job under the influence, right? Like there has to be a situation in which they had had some sort of alcoholic beverage in their system while they performed a major there brain are, surgery. There are 10 to 15 million doctors in the world, according right. to so Google. Somebody drinks before it. And here's what I do know to get out in front of it. People who are involved in this profession are going to reach out to us and say, no way, that's the craziest thing you could ever do. That's a dangerous path to go down. But also the people who are doing it are not going to reach out to us and say, yeah, dude, I do that because I try to relax before a big surgery. So I can already feel the surgeons coming out of the woodwork to tell us that we're super wrong. But I know, and I know Riggs feels this way too, there is a percentage of people that might do this. Definitely. I mean, look, and and there's definitely like doctors that are just alcoholics. That's just the percentage. Yeah, 10 right. to 15 that's million people. So right. you're just that's an alcoholic. Point. Like that's just what it is. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like maybe you should get some help or maybe you just live with it. Maybe you're just a functional. Nobody's perfect. We all have our issues. There are out of those 10 to 15 million doctors in the world, there are alcoholics who just drink and that's what they do. And I, I would bet we get more than we think. People that reach out that are like, hey, you know, even when I was in like residency or when I had to first go in that first time, I knew I wasn't going to be shit faced, but like I was nervous. I ripped a shot of Jack or whatever and I went in and it just calmed the nerves, just like on the golf course, calmed the nerves. My hands were steady and I crushed that surgery. People have it definitely is, done that. It is my promise that those people who reach out to us will remain anonymous. If you reach out, yes. you will remain <laughs> anonymous. That is a promise. It's, you know, it's like when a baby's crying, they give them a little thimble of whiskey. Calms them right down. That was an old, that's what they used to do with kids when they were crying too much and they had a toothache. Yeah. Would you do that? Would you do that to shut your kid up if it's fucking crying in your face? Yes, 100%. 
Yes. Anything to shut those fucking kids up. I want to give other. I want to give whiskey to kids that are on a plane that aren't my kids. Just like shut that kid Ooh, up. Totally. They get through like the noise canceling headphones. They're so loud. I mean, anything that works for a kid. We had a noisy little boy on our flight back from Detroit the other night, and it was just, just tough. You know, screaming at the top of his lungs, eyes bulging you, out of his head. Did you try to do the Dan Soder thing? Yeah, so Dan Soder, one of our favorite comedians on the planet, who I think is in the running for the funniest person on the planet right now in just yeah. regular conversation. You listen to him on a podcast, KFC Radio or something, he's constantly making you laugh. He doesn't need a bit. He doesn't need a stand-up routine. He's just one of those guys that will make you belly laugh for the rest for the whole day. Um, he has a stand-up show on HBO, the Son of Gary, from a couple years ago. And he tells yeah. this one bit about... If you listen to a screaming baby crying on a plane, if you just think of them as like the lead singer in an emo punk rock band, it's actually hilarious. Like you'll just think like, like you're sitting there and you just hear "wah," you're just like, "oh yeah, that kid's like front stage at like Battery Park, like some fucking concert venue," and he's just ripping up like the song. So that made me laugh. And there's another one where he goes, you know, you usually feel bad for the parents, you feel bad for the kid. The kid doesn't know what's going on. He's crying. The parents don't know what's going on. They just don't care anymore. Like you feel bad for the parents. And and then you, so the whole flight you're fine. Then all of a sudden you realize that the kid was like six years old and can speak. And you're like, all right. So now he's like doing this whole thing where he's waiting outside the terminal. He's like, 14B? It's like, you're a noisy little boy. And he's like trying to get up in the kid's face. It's one of the funniest bits of all time. I'm not doing it justice. Go watch Dan Soder. He's one of the best people of all time. So how, how did you get through it, Frankie? Did you handle it okay? Were you rattled? Were you thinking in your head, yeah. I'm going to go punch that fucking little six-year-old in the face? You just kind of like, you, at some point, you just drain it out, which is what the parents do, I assume, right? At some point, it just doesn't matter. Like, that kid's going to scream regardless, and just it's just part of the noise now. Right. Sometimes yeah. it gets so bad, and it's so consistent that it becomes white noise, which is like, it like breaks through to a level where your brain decides that it is now part of the sound of everything that's going on. Like, when I sleep, I use a white noise machine. And I, at, at a certain point, that just becomes the sound that's happening. Sometimes a kid can cry so loud and for so long that it just becomes the noise, which is unbelievable. I had a, I had a bit of a panic that I had permanently uh, ruined my hearing in my left ear because on a plane flying from D.C. to Boston on Friday night. You know, I sleep on airplanes all the time. It's just a superpower. I just pass out before, like, right when the flight takes off. Such a sick skill. It's great. It's I'm very blessed with that. And I had, I put on the flight only, usually I use my AirPods most days, but on flights only, I rock the noise-canceling earbuds because I just don't, it's loud on a plane. You don't want to be able to hear shit. Well, I fell asleep with, like, on my, my head on my left arm that was, like, sitting on the armrest, you know? And my hand just pressed into my left ear. And I, you don't think about or notice anything. And you're just fucking asleep. You're an asleep person. And so when I arrive, I wake up, and I just couldn't get my left ear to pop. It felt like like muffled, and like my left ear is just full of like pressure, and I just couldn't like hear out of my left ear. Well, this went on for over 24 hours. So I'm Ooh. like, now I am start panicking. I start Googling stuff. I thought like, I get to one point, it was like a side effect of like the vaccine. And I was like, oh, no, I lost. Like, and then I got to the point where I was like, dude, I think because I slept and I pressed my, my left earbud into my ear that I like permanently damaged my left ear. Everything just sounded like I was like underwater is what I, it sounded Ugh. like I was listening to. 
And then I got a late lunch or like a dinner Friday night. And I came out and I just like swallowed and tried the nostril pinch again. <laughs> Boom. Cleared it right up. And I, I've been fine ever since. I wonder what that is, like the clogging, right? Like what is actually happening in there? It was like pressure. fluid. Somebody was saying fluid <laughs> gets like locked up because of pressure. And then because of that, like if you swallow or you yawn, it's like an automatic mechanism that relieves that fluid and that that's what like the nostril pinching move does and all the yawning does. But I tweeted about it. And then I had people that were like, hey, just yawn. And I was like, what do you mean just yawn? Oh. Like, who walks around and just yawns whenever you want to? It's like, what are you, crazy? I'd be like, just sneeze. Oh, yeah? Achoo. Like, I can't just yeah. sneeze. <laughs> as bad as that feeling is when it's happening to you, when you get that release and when your ear pops, oh. that is, you know how there's people out there who like to watch um, pimple popping videos? Have you run into these freaks? They right love, yeah, you're a freak, Lurch. They right love, here. to the point where That's people funny. have now created Instagram accounts of doctors, like dermatologists popping pimples, and they have like hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm it's a cute. weird thing that people like, but then on the other side of it, when my ear pops, I feel like that's the feeling that they get watching those videos. Yeah. It's a weird release. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're pretty close to it. I will say, though, to Riggs's point, releasing that pressure, what, yawning or just getting rid of and hearing again, is truly incredible when it happens. It's such a, oh. it is such a weird feeling and nobody in this room knows why it happens because Trent, your answer of pressure is perfect. That's about as detailed as this group can go with it. Pressure. But once you can hear again, it is under pressure. I mean, it's exceptional. It's pressure. It's pressure. Um, it was a big moment, mm -hmm. I, I, but I must look like a crazy person all day. I was walking around yawning. I was walking around like, Oh, like that all day, you know? God, when you finally get it, though, like, I, like it makes me want to moan. You know what I mean? It's just like, God. And you, and you also want to tell the people around you that you've like been dealing with it, and they, they probably already had their pop go through, so they're like, whatever. But it feels like an accomplishment. And like, like in Riggs's case, you now think that you can hear again. Like if, if for a while there, it seemed like you weren't going to be able to hear, and that's a horrifying proposition. It was like. Irreversible neurological ear damage, like what I was what I was convinced of after a day of googling shit. It sucked. It was a very dark, scary place. Um, but what's not dark and scary? What's actually um, beautiful, smooth, tastes great is New Amsterdam Vodka, which is the official vodka Barcelona Sports, which is the company that we work for and that we love very much. New Amsterdam Vodka. Uh, make sure you head to your local store, pick up the new summer co-branded. New Amsterdam Vodka bottle, which we have featured and showed on this show many times. Very cool. The same extra smooth 80-proof vodka now has the custom barstool labels made from some of the finest quality grains from America's heartland. New Amsterdam Vodka is five times distilled for unparalleled smoothness and then filtered three times for a very clean, crisp finish. This is what we put into our cocktails. This is the vodka that we drink. This is the official vodka of Barstool Sports. We love New Amsterdam Vodka. It's great stuff. Yep, best of the best. Smooth, tasty, gets the job done. The Barstool branding on the bottle is phenomenal. Go get yours and tweet it at us. Show us that you have it. Let's all just bring New Amsterdam to the moon, even though they're already on there. New Amsterdam Vodka, official vodka, Barstool Sports. Go check it out. Go get the summer co-branded uh, label. Very cool. Very, um, It's just very good vodka. It's what you're going to want to drink. Um, 
All right, Travel Show comes out Thursday night. We've got, I think, four episodes the next four Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, YouTube, for Play Golf. You will get uh, an episode of Michigan. We went to Michigan, played four rounds of golf. We played Forest Dunes for the first three. We did The Loop, Tom Doak, which we spoke about a good amount on the show like a month ago whenever we recorded that. Uh, but the loop, it's a literally a reversible golf course. It's black and red. One day you play it, uh, and then the next day you just turn around and play it the other direction. Um, same greens, except different tee boxes, and you play it in the reverse order, and it's very, very cool, very unique. Almost nothing like it, especially in the United States of America. I know over in Scotland, some of the original, I think like the old course at St. Andrews was originally playable in like reverse order. Um, so it's kind of an homage, a little bit of a throwback to that. But over here in the United States of America extremely rare nothing like it i've never seen anything like it um and that episode episode one from forest dunes us traveling if remember i was going through some um bodily issues at the time so you know the episode is mm-hmm. uh, oh, very God. interesting yeah very interesting episode so check yeah, out no, this one uh, thursday yeah, night i think this will be this will kick off a great um first episode of a great travel series I think what what this one brings to the table is some of the best golf I think you'll see as a group, like good numbers, guys hitting greens, long putts, like actually competitive golf. Like at one point during the second round, I was like, man, this has been crazy good golf recently. Like we are – we're playing the game. Like guys are winning with like three twos and and four threes. Like like nothing like nothing over par was winning a hole. Like which like when sometimes you get a group like this, like sometimes a bogey can sneak one in. So it was like, it was really really good golf. I'm excited to watch that. It was. It was. I would say it was. It was the best matches. Yeah, for sure. I like that loop idea. I feel like it has got to catch on on the East Coast. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I I continually think about that for. East Coast courses that only have 18 holes, you just got to think, hey, let's flip this thing around, and now we've got 36 here, and we can change it up for our membership. Like, It's just such a genius idea to have more golf on one piece of property. More. You got to get them going at the same time. Throw helmets on each other, and that's a new sport. <laughs> that's a wow. way new sport. Hey, hit quick, boys. We're on the fairway. Let's keep it moving here. <laughs> Plus, you'll be hitting onto a green that people are putting on already, which is just chaos. Oh, Right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it will help pace a play. Nobody's standing over that putt for longer than they have nope. to. He's so funny. Like you really be there. relying on your buddies. Your buddies would have to be watching the incoming golf balls and warn you if one's going to strike you. <laughs> He's so fun. Yeah. Be for tough. Sure. Um, okay, so Forest Dudes, I would say as a group, this is probably the most fun we've had on a travel mm-hmm. show, on a, on a series, just the whole thing. We met really cool people. The folks at Forest Dunes were – awesome we came like pretty tight with them spent you know three nights straight hanging with them playing golf with them playing the par three the bootlegger with them uh and then you know the last night of the whole series we ended up on a beach on lake michigan watching the sunset playing a new game that we learned a new beach game so the whole thing was just a blast we had a fantastic time uh and we documented the whole thing drone footage golf shots we played pretty good golf as a crew thursday 8 p.m um and then tonight as you're listening to this no, you're listening to this. A video will come out with myself, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, a good guy, plays hard, loves the gay American hero from War Road, Minnesota. He's actually in War Road right now visiting the motherland. That place is straight out of a cartoon movie. I mean, like a, a thousand people on the population list, one huge hockey rink, um, 
uh, War Road Estates Golf Course that Brock grew up. Uh, he when he was on the show, he told us that he, him, and like two other guys were like the greenskeepers and the people that actually like the supers. They were there and they just learned how to cut grass and roll greens. Um, so that guy's playing. Then we got Vinny Letary, one of the funniest people on the planet, who's become one of my favorite people to like interact with on a daily basis. The Snapchats he'll send me are just laugh out loud funny. He's just constantly always on, and every guy you talk to, Vinny Letary is like the guy to have in a locker room. Um, Anaheim Ducks. And then we have Brady Shea. Congratulations to Brady Shea. Just got married, I think, yesterday or two days ago. One of the best guys you'll ever meet. Good-looking, handsome fella. I mean, my goodness. And what a love story that is with him and his wife. They grew up across the street from each other. They were born Mm. in houses across the street from each other. We're always in each other's lives. So, I mean, however old he is, that's how old their relationship goes. So, um, it's a pretty phenomenal story there. And he's a stick. So wait until you see. Tonight we have a whole video at the Barstool Classic from Minnesota. Um, it is a, it's going to be a great video. Whenever you get that many hockey guys in one, it's, it's going to be amazing. I will be tuning in to see those legs. I want to see those legs in action. Anders yeah. Lee, I saw the Instagram picture. I'm sure everybody saw the Instagram picture. I want to see those things in action. That's really what I'm tuning Fucking in for. Quasimodo. It's just there's something about him that he's got a quad growing on his quad. It almost looks unhealthy <laughs> and uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. They look fake. His does legs he, look fake. Has he ever mentioned to you like rubbish in turn? Like, does he get a lot of friction down south? Well, if you look at the picture, it's like on the outside, so it's more like like his legs were spilling into Vinny Letary's pockets. So <laughs> I don't know that it's really on the inside. It's more, it's all in like the comfortable places, I guess. You know, it's like on yeah. the side. Yeah, shorts but... must be impossible though. He has to get custom fit shorts. I cut them all. Those are custom. He yeah. wears them yeah, once and cuts them off. The, and get them off. the, the, the yeah, jaws the of guy, life. <laughs> the only guy in the world who wears cut off shorts on the sides. Yeah, no, on the he'll, side. He'll, yeah, he'll be playing. Slits. He plays. Maybe gets the wrong size shorts. The fucking they have to call the fire department to come bring the jaws of life to like release the legs. Um, I would say pound for pound, I think Minnesota has the worst weather in the country. Um, oh. Whoa. Wow. We were dude, we were there in the summer, and it was miserable. It was so humid and hot. And then all their winters for like eight months, they have like bitter, cold, brutal <laughs> winters. So like, when is it nice there? But it's got to be nice because it's a land of like a thousand lakes, right, or whatever, a million lakes, or what, uh, however many. The lakes summer's they have. supposed to be exceptional. The summer's yeah. supposed. The to summer be was the worst stop of the Barstool Classic <laughs> weather-wise. <that's> I <laughs> think that we were there for a ridiculously humid, outrageously hot week. I I agree. It was unlivable. Like walking out of the house was like this. It was felt ten times worse than New York. Totally. It but it's was has, they have to have their fair share of weather because it is such a beautiful place. I mean, place. Minnesota is not that far from Iowa, so our weather can't be that dissimilar. Although I will say, I think their winters are like 10 times worse than our winters for whatever reason. Like, you go a little bit north and it's way worse. But like those, yeah, the summers, I mean, the summers in Iowa, they're not great. Like, there's maybe three weeks where they're where it's okay. But otherwise, it's super humid. It's super sticky. It's super gross. Like, yeah, like the the Midwest summers aren't ideal. Certainly, it's the best time, kind of fall. Fall, okay. Spring, spring, yeah, spring or fall, probably fall. Like when football weather rolls around and it's it's hoodie weather and it's yeah, there's a nice chill in the air, but it's not freezing. That's easily the best time of year around there. I'm just saying, 
I know their winters are horrible. They're just <laughs> bitterly cold. Like they're, the, the ponds freeze over. They go ice fishing. Like it's awful. And then we were there in the summer and you would think like places with horrible winters have great summers. It was awful. Everyone was just sweating profusely. The whole staff had to like take showers in the clubhouse. It was miserable. So I'm just maybe I caught it pants. at a bad time, caught it during a heat wave. Frankie wore pants like a crazy person. You, you had to be sweating your that, cock off. That day was tough. That day was really, really, really tough for me because I had to wear pants. The day before, I wore shorts. Went out there, checked out the course of Vinnie Terry, wore shorts because it was un. It was it was unimaginable to wear anything where you weren't getting air into your lower extremities. And that next day was even hotter, and it was it was something. I think Vinnie Terry on the video was like you could cook rice in between those cheeks or something like that. Said Woo! something. Fu- it was. It was something he, he they were all they couldn't believe what was happening inside my pants. So trying to think of a state that would have worse weather than that. Like it, it Minnesota is unique in that it has the mix of really, really hot and really, really, really cold. Like all the southern states, it just gets way too hot. Like Arizona rigs. It gets hundred and fifteen, but you don't get freezing with like two feet of snow on the ground. Right. You're guaranteed for seven, eight months of the year to have phenomenal weather. You're like guaranteed. And I would say in Boston, Boston's a great example of a place that has pretty bad winters, but the summers are excellent. You're, you know, that's on the water, on the ocean. You got the harbors, like it's all the little uh, kind of like coastal towns. They're beautiful. Everybody loves them. They're great. Minnesota was just the, the two times I've been there for Barstool Classic in the winter. It's been unbelievably hot and humid. So I'm just wondering. When is Minnesota a good place to be weather-wise? I just don't know. I'm not shitting on it. Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it was overly warm when we were there. Maybe they're going through a heat wave. My experience, if I can only go off uh, Riggs Barstool's experience, is the weather there fucking sucks. That's my experience. Seattle's got to be bad. Like pound for pound with all the rain, and then it gets freezing cold, right? Yeah. Doesn't it rain like 300 days a year there? Yeah. Yeah, Seattle's mostly rain. Which Right. Rain. rain, So like I could deal with cold. I could deal with hot. Rain ruins everything. Like you can't like events get like events get canceled. You don't want to go out to like dinner. You can't sit anywhere uh, outside to eat. Like rain just ruins everything. I can I can deal with heat. I can deal with cold. I can deal with snow. Things like don't even get canceled in the snow. Rain just ruins everything. And I think we take for granted actual sunlight. Like they don't get a ton of sunlight, and I think that just drags you down. Like when it's 300 days of cloudy weather, you're probably like, "This just sucks. This totally sucks." Speaking of cities and places, I was flying in from Detroit yesterday, and I passed the great city of New York City. Um, going into LaGuardia, what a view that is coming in from that side really of the country, good. right across Long Island into LaGuardia. And like, looks like you're gonna land in the water too, coming into the Oh, at one point, I'm like, we're gonna need to see some runway here, folks. Like, I'm looking out the window, and I'm like on top of like you know housing and and, and right. buildings in Queens, and I'm like, at some point, I'm gonna need to see those little flares because we're real close to the ground. I've yet I've seen no evidence that we have a runway coming up because I was in the back of the plane, and just in the nick of time, we saw some pavement. So, um, yeah, so I just it, it really hit me, and I'm a you know, New Yorker through and through my whole life been here, never really realized that we just don't utilize the rivers. We don't utilize how amazing the water around New York city is. Like we don't have 
anything going on on there. Like everything's so in the middle. Like you look at all the buildings, and you see like the stat, you see um Empire State Building and the and the Freedom Tower, and everything's just like inland, like. Like, Chicago and all these other cities, like, even Detroit has, like, the river going through it, like, that stops it from Canada, like, the Detroit River. Like, New York just doesn't utilize the water. It would be... What are you talking s- about right now? Yeah. Well, they don't... <laughs> it we might don't, be like... the busiest harbor in the world. For, like, like City the Harbor only, might be the busiest the only, well, maybe like there's boats going on and stuff, but we don't have what is like, happening a, right We don't now. have like a I... river walk thing. <laughs> no, like, here, here, let me. Like Chicago, I'll... like utilizes like their little fucking water through the city. Like we don't have, like you don't. We don't go to like the water when we're in New York City. Everything's like inland. Let me agree with point. you for a second. So I live, I live right by the UN building, and which is the East River is right there. I have lived here for three to four years now, and I still can't figure out how to get down to the river. Like, if I want to walk you. and just, like, stroll and, like, enjoy the water, I understand, like, the UN is there, so it's going to be impossible to get it near the river there. But even if you walk up and down, like, you got to walk pretty far north or pretty far south to have any access to the river. And then when you get down there, there's, they don't really like accentuate any part of the river. It's just the disgusting East River. So I agree with you on that. I would love to leisurely stroll down the side of the river on a Sunday morning. I would love be to. Nice. It'd be nice. Well, the west but side say- is covered with just the most beautiful path up and down the west side. And the east side is like one of the more beautiful FDR highways that you could have. So there is some viewing of it's the just, water. You're talking cars. Nobody's like, swimming in there, Frankie, because it's. I mean, the I know. Water my point is, is like, we just don't. We don't utilize. Like, I don't know. You see Chicago. They got like that beach right there, and like the city skyline. They have their water, and then they also have just like like they have volleyball and softball fields on the water over there. It's just we don't like. I don't know. Flying over it, I was like, wow, it would be so like. It would be number one by a landslide if we utilize it better. Well, Chicago's a little we different because Chicago's got the river that goes right through the middle of it. Like if there right. was, if Phenomenal. there was, a ri- you're right. If there was a river that went right through Manhattan, I think New York would go crazy for it. Yeah, but okay, I get it now. I get it. I think to Frankie's point, what he's saying is like, why didn't we design it so that all those rivers that are yes. going around, like they could cut right through it? Instead, <laughs> yes. they're like on the side of it, and we kind of ignore it. Which yes. now I'm starting. To, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Where. Thank you. I agree with you. Like, very rarely in four years I lived in New York. Thank God I don't anymore. The place is fucking disgusting. But for four years I lived so in New York. So you wouldn't say that if the river went through it. Correct. Because Chicago, like, everyone posts that picture of them walking, like, river north through Chicago. Yep. And it looks like a fantasy land. You're like, how did this river just cut through this perfect city? But the point is that the the city was actually built around that to a degree to, like, accentuate that. And the beach thing's a great call. Like, I feel like people that live in, like, L.A. and stuff, they always post people who are on, like, the beach and they're playing volleyball and what you just described in Chicago, which, like, they utilize that beach. They have, like, the playpen, I think they call it, which is where all the boats hang out. In New York, like, if you're on the water, you, like, did something wrong. It's like you (laughs) need to get back to safety in the middle part of it. So, yeah, we we should redesign Manhattan, redesign New York. I think we might be discounting Central Park a little bit. That's a pretty big feature of Manhattan. It's inland, though. It's, it's, no, I know. That's what I mean. Everything's For inside sure. the city. It is. And there, but like, that's there's that big... area by the Statue of Liberty where like they've built that up. But that's very recent, too, which is a nice area. But still, concrete and boats. Like It's like you have to have a shit ton of money to enjoy that area. It's a fair point. It is a fair point. Um, yeah. Frankie, how was um, Detroit? How was Hockey hockey Fest? Oh, yeah. Spit and Chicklets and Barstool Sports. We put up a nice little Hockey Fest in Detroit. 
it was a phenomenal, phenomenal event. Shout out to live event Lisa, Jen Simons, uh, the Spit and Chicklets guys. They just figure out like Justin and 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 all the they just know how to freaking put on events and they're grinding their ass off to make sure that all these people a thousand people showing up and all these games and the scheduling it's it's really really a phenomenal um event it is huge like they we took up a major space inside a major city all these parking lots and everyone playing roller hockey and street hockey um but yeah I thought it went great um we had some NHL players that played in the street hockey um, tournament. It was Zach Wierenski, um, and Oleski who played, I think he won a cup. Uh, was it with the Penguins or the Capitals? I think it was the Penguins. Um, Let's talk about your goal. Let's talk about your goal. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my one goal or the, or the goal in the three goals in game three that had so many goals. Yet, it's, it's hard you know? to pick just one. Had a hat trick in game choose. three. I'll let you, ch- I'll let you choose which no. of the goals <laughs> that you scored. You would like to discuss. We had a barstool team and we played roller hockey and it was a small little rink. And there's a video out there of me scoring a buzzer beater game winning, uh, breakaway goal, sniped it over the goalie shoulder. No Pure sniper. Just a goal, a natural goal scorer. natural goal scorer. Find the back <laughs> of that. Whitney said it best. He goes, he's not everything he does on the rink is not pretty but he finds the back of the net and there's no pictures on the stat sheet yeah, Brett Hall that's day. how like Brett Hall was he just would kind of he chop it up out there around he's you know you don't know is even in the game bam one attempt top titty goal go time that's you people on Twitter being real mean I mean we've talked about these little areas <laughs> of Twitter drum Twitter is one of the worst places on the world golf Twitter is is unbeaten as the worst Ugh. but hockey twitter's right there where it's like this kid's a bender go are you in slow motion what kind of game is that like i just put the puck in the net listen we were playing on this like crazy undulated concrete and there were these ridges and where the concrete met so all game long we're looking down to make sure our wheels don't end up in that one ridge because it's broken ankle or it's death at that point when everyone's like skating around in this little area so if you watch me i'm very cautiously going over this one bump in the middle and everyone's like look at frank he's going in slow motion it's like shut the fuck up i put the puck in the fucking net um but it was fun man i i loved it i and and whitney and biz were so into it they were our coaches and biz at one point was the goalie and like it was just a lot of fun to finally take my what i've been saying about roller hockey and how i can get the puck in the net and then go there and like Dude, we were scoring like crazy. It was like Rudy was unbelievable because he played at Denver. Um, and Grinelli, we had like we had a good line. Like it was a lot of fun. Dude, he looked great. Honestly, I saw the video and I was like, oh my god, he's like much better than I. Like you skate pretty well. Like it's not like you know, it's, it's not pretty. It's not like you're. It's not. Yeah, but it's effective, and you've got a little bit of stride, and you've got a little bit of like you know the hockey face coming back to the bench and whatnot. It also that video is incredible. I mean, like you kind of steal the puck, what looks to be kind of at the red line or the halfway mark. <laughs> yeah. And then you just go in and just roof it shelf on this kid. <laughs> Dude, up, you were so like proud fun. of yourself after, yeah. like when you were skating around looking for everyone to praise you, I was laughing out loud at how yeah. happy you were. Like I did it. Everyone, I scored yeah. the goal. It Dude, was... There was three seconds left when I had the puck. I mean, the game, it was tie game, three seconds left. So they're screaming, Unreal. shoot, shoot. It's just game over. <laughs> you so talked, good. On the show about how you're a goal scorer, and then you went out on the biggest stage with the bright lights on, and you scored goals. That's just Dude, game three hat trick. I'm toss. I toss my helmet on. I threw my own hat onto my own rink. <laughs> now, can you? Were you guys playing with a real puck? Because it looked yeah. like street hockey, like Milek pads, and then a real puck. So were goalies 
kind of terrified of getting hit. No, by only thing. our team had those pads. RA had those pads. Everyone else was fucking. We had Scott oh, Darling man. there on our team, ex NHL goalie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Chicago Blackhawks. He was like, these goalies should be in like the NHL. Hurricane. He's like, these fucking guys should be in the NHL. They were they were wearing like his pads. He said the other team were wearing his branded pads. So that everyone else had real stuff on. RA had the old school like fucking. Uh, Jason mask on. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's like scary. Did RA have some bruises on the sh- Yeah, dude, that would kill. Dude, and uh, Biz played and didn't wear a cup. Oh, oh my God. So it, it was scary. That's <laughs> another it was, thing a, re- it was a real hockey puck. It was called the Green Biscuit. It's like, t- it's this thing that's made for like not the perfect um, ground or okay, surface. Okay, it's got a little like it's got, no, it's circles. Got two and... pucks that are attached so they actually can like move and like maneuver around bumps it's actually a really cool invention it's like two little pucks on attached look it up the green biscuit it's anyone that plays roller hockey anyone that plays roller hockey should buy the green biscuit because it rolls and it stays flat on any surface it's really cool i remember this thing when i played roller hockey that's exactly the puck that i think it's really good Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the little circles. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, those are sweet. Oh, you can get a branded. Look at this. You get like a a St. Louis Blues one. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, man. And yeah, the Green Biscuit was. We were flinging that thing around. But the roll, the ball hockey was electric, dude. Zakarensky and Aleski were playing on this team, and that gets so intense because it's a smaller rink, and guys are on their feet, and like you really can't get away from anyone. Like you're like defense is right on, and they're slashing and. And it got to the championship where a roller hockey country, like USA champions, were facing Zacharinsky, who just last week signed like a seven-year, $9.5 million deal. The guy's worth like $75 million. And the roller hockey team was calling him like a duster and like calling him like a like they were like, oh, like, look at this bender at like saying like ridiculous stuff to him because they beat him in game one. They were so <laughs> cocky, the roller hockey team, because they won a national championship. And... I guess Zach's like now entering their world, dude. They were unbelievable. They ended up going into overtime, and like they, they this one guy just like pounded a one timer right past Zach Wierenski. He tried to block the shot, and it went top shelf, and they won against them. It was like imagine being able to say like you just like blasted a hockey, like even though it was a ball, like you blasted one by Zach Wierenski, who's like gets paid to stop pucks in the NHL. So cool, such a cool feeling. Really cool event. Can't wait to expand it. They want to take him around the country, so. Great job by those people. And the last thing I'll say about that is um, a lot of people were talking about what I wore. I wore a helmet with a cage on it. Um, I want to address that right now that I do not care about what I looked like out there. I did not want to take a puck to the face. Sorry. I know that that made me, makes me not cool, makes me a bender, makes me a duster, all these mean things you're saying to me. I took one off the cage at one point. Like, Dude, the, the goalie went to go clear the puck down this little rink and it went off fucking Rudy's stick and went right off, like, the edge of my, my cage and off my wrist. Like, that just would have broke my teeth in half. Like, I just... I'm out there to have fun and not not go to the hospital after. So, like, I don't... Like, I just didn't want to take a stick to the face or puck. What do you guys think about wearing the full cage? Totally acceptable on the right move. Uh, it's tough. That's tough <laughs> for me. I will say, in in... New York, I'll never forget, you have to wear a cage in New York, like men's league hockey and the leagues that we played. And I remember showing up and I thought they were like my, uh, I was on the email list for the team, you know, a little group email list, a lot of chirping going on, hockey guys, hockey culture, fun times. I thought somebody was chirping me and they were like, 
yeah, like Riggs, when you show up next week, make sure you have your cage on. And I was like, ah, they wouldn't let me on the, I couldn't play the game because I didn't have a cage. So I had to go into the, like another team's locker room that was getting ready and be like, can I borrow like your helmet with a cage on it? Um, so for me, I think it's, it's, it is always a tough look. I get it. We're practical people. If you play it in like the NHL, would you wear a cage? No, but I also am not in the NHL and I also had, Oh, I have a wedding coming up that I'm in the wedding party. And like, if I took a fucking like puck to the nose or the face, like I have this wedding coming up in three days. Like I'm not trying to get a stick to the mouth from some fucking idiot that's falling on rollerblades. And he like lifts my stick. Dude, it was getting trippy out there. We were like slashing each other and shit. Like I just didn't want to like, if in any other situation, if I didn't have that coming up and I didn't care if I took a puck to the face and like had all bruises or a bloody nose or a black eye, like I probably would have done like a visor or something to try and look like funny or whatever. But I didn't want to get hurt this week. Like that, that was just a risk I wasn't willing to take. And I hope what I, was I the wish breakdown? I, what was the breakdown on guy? Like who 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 was rocking cage? Who was rocking shield? Who was rocking nothing? It was just me and Rudy because Rudy's like I'm not taking a puck to the teeth. I just got my teeth fixed. Like I'm not risking that. So he wore a full bubble with a Denver fucking logo on it. So that guy's the best player in the whole tournament, and he was wearing a fucking cage. He was wearing a bubble. Then I had the cage on, and then everyone else either went, like, no helmet to look awesome. Like, Feidelberg just had his blonde hair all over the place. And then Marina even wore just, like, nothing. Like, she wore just, like, the old school helmet and, like, sunglasses. So it was, like, it was tough when the people that you were playing with, like, Marina's out there just, like, like yeah. stick-lifting people with, like, no cage on, and I'm out there fucking <laughs> skating my dick off with a fucking cage on. But I stand by it. I'll do it. I would do it. I would do it the same way again. I think you made the right decision, but I will say you showing up to this podcast this morning with a huge black eye would have been awesome. It or the been. wedding. If you had like a scar oh, on the can. wedding, like yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. Who cares? I just couldn't. It's like the family thing and I'm like everyone's like, You're even going to that thing. It's like the I don't know, there's like pressure on me to like make sure I like don't look like an idiot at this wedding. It's like I don't know if you guys have ever like like uh, this is an important wedding for me to not look like an idiot. I'm not allowed to drink at it. It's like my girlfriend oh. has it's her sister's wedding. It's like crazy. I got all these rules. And I could not show up. I, the eyes are on me to, to make sure I'm behaving at this thing. So I couldn't show up with fucking stitches across my face. You know what's, Do you, you have know a history uh, of not behaving at these weddings? No, but like I like if I start drinking, like I get just a little you wild. That's not allowed to drink. I get wild. Like, I mean, it's a wedding. I want to. I want to have fun with my friends. They like hundred percent. But I just they won't. Let me, won't your, <laughs> your girlfriend's family. There's feels like there's something behind. No, the everyone's just excited like, for it. it's like the first one. Like uh, like in the in the group, and everyone's just like, let's just make sure it goes up without a hitch. And like Frankie doesn't show up with a fucking a cut across his face and ruins all the pictures. Is their point. Okay. You know what's amazing about weddings? Is they made the fun of my best... fat neck too. They're like, "You got to tighten it up." They gave me a roller. <laughs> okay, that's like, a roll, diet. Jeez, roll my face. Are, roll my these face. People are ruthless. They hate God, me. They I, just, you know, they hate me. So yeah, <laughs> they're worried that you're going to ruin the entire wedding. Well, um, they were like, "When you get a tight neck around the collar, it's, it's just the fat's just going to sit on the top, and if you if you don't look up, you're going to look fat." They said that pictures. to you. They said they spoke all these words to you. About <laughs> it's your crazy. Wow. Um. The best man aspect and speech aspect of a wedding is psychotic because they, the the family, the bride, they put all this work in, right? And they plan everything down to the flowers, down to the appetizers, down to everything. They spend years preparing this thing. And then the most important part of the wedding, they just throw it. 
to you. Crazy. The best man for like could be ossified drunk. Like could be like on his fucking ass, slurring his words, ruin the whole night. It's psychotic. It's like a crazy part of society that we accept this. That again, all this planning goes in. You do nothing. You don't even probably start till the morning of. Like, yeah, I'll say something. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you wanna know like, who it's just on you to dominate the wedding. You wanna know who's given the best man speech at this wedding? My fucking friend Rob. The kid whose teeth falls into <laughs> yes. dude. Yes. He drinks he goes out the other night he dude. sent out a group a text message of this bar in like lower <laughs> east side and we're like oh like date night rob he goes no just self-exploration day he hit like five different bars drank five beers at each one like went to like he was just like drinking like crazy his teeth are falling out of his head and he is giving the best man speech and i can't wait to see where that kid dude. takes it because what a year he's at it's just wow. so funny dude listen all right i don't ask for much but if you could please <laughs> video this not for public consumption we will not put the video out i just want video of that best man speech because i don't know where it's going to go either but i just want to <laughs> see what happens with his best man speech. The man hasn't smiled at work ever in the last three years. And not allowed like, to smile at not work. Not allowed. He's about to go up there and try and bring the house down with jokes. And it could be his coming out. It could be his like breaking out party where it's like Rob's right. back. Like this is Rob's moment. Rob needs this moment. He <laughs> yes. needs this. Right. So I, want it, I want it to go really well for Rob. I want things to take a 180 turn in his life and things start to go up. Yeah. After right. this speech. I love it. I love it. We'll see. It's so funny. Now that the world is opening back up, there are many new thrills on the horizon. Whether you've been in a relationship for years, maybe you're just getting started, maybe you're excited to get back out there, meet new people. When that moment comes, we're talking about sex, people. You would like to be ready. You go to GetRoman.com slash Barstool now um, and you know get involved in the U.S. licensed healthcare professional. That's kind of uh, their situation. That's what they dominate, this sexual health, um, sexual wellness with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction. So maybe you're fighting a little bit of an issue. Maybe you're embarrassed about it. Who knows? You obviously would like to correct it. Roman ready equals confidence. Being confident that you know you can rise to the occasion. little pun there. Um, kind of about your dick rising up and, and being ready to go when you're in this moment of passion. Which is important. Excitement. we got to have it. Otherwise, the whole thing kind of it, it, uh, falls apart, Fizzles. if you will. Yeah, that's right. Um Go to GetRoman.com slash Barstool today. If you're prescribed, you get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Make sure you are Roman ready. You go to GetRoman.com slash Barstool today. And you're, uh, if you're prescribed, you will get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. That is GetRoman.com slash Barstool. Make sure you are Roman ready. Um, okay. We've got – I got a quick um, – Question: Anybody been following this uh, Leo Messi stuff? Trying to, a little bit. Pretty confusing. <clears throat> he was trying to take like money off. He he gave them like a fifty percent. So someone was trying to explain to me like they like there's like is there almost, is there almost like a cap issue with Barcelona where like even yeah. if he would have taken no money they still would have been over it. Yeah, like so I was talking it was Zah, um, my guy Zah, who's the best. Zah's so good at the Barcelona Classic. He's just the man, and he's obviously a huge. Arsenal guy, huge soccer guy from Zimbabwe. I think and he could be he, the most liked person at the office. We were talking about that with Feilberg. Huh. I think it's, yeah. I think it's globally known across the globe because he's from Zimbabwe that he is the nicest person on the planet. Boom, the best. And so I was like, Zah, because I, 
I like soccer. I think soccer's cool. I I don't I'm not in a place to be able to follow it all the time. Every Saturday morning when people were following soccer, Premier League, I'm playing golf, so it's hard to just follow it. Lurch and I tried to force ourselves into being Everton fans one year. Worst, most uh, boring soccer team to watch on planet Earth, so we were out yep. on that. Um but I like World Cup. I think the World Cup's the coolest thing going. I thought the Euro Cup was awesome. We talked about the Euro final a little bit. Um Italy, England, all that. So I like to get into the soccer thing. Leo Messi highlights. If you ever watch Leo Messi highlights, it is the guy's a wizard. He might be the most impressive person at his sport. And I know we've talked about a few different athletes that do this. Like in the world, the shit that this guy does. And he's like five six and he just it looks like he's playing a video game. This guy's unreal. But the way Zah was explaining it to me was Barcelona is so in debt that they have to get like league approvals because you can only reach like a certain amount of debt and then it clearly becomes detrimental to the entire league and a problem if you raise X amount of debt because then in order to like counter those debts, you bring in other parties and it gets super messy for the league. So they've gotten like approvals to pay all this money, hundreds of millions of dollars to Messi. Um, then his contract came up, right, which everybody kind of saw over the last few weeks. It's been talked about on Twitter. This contract was up. He wanted to re-sign with Barcelona, where he's been since 2004. He's literally been there since he's like 13 years old, which I don't understand, but he's been there since he's like 13. His contract like was up. He wanted to re-sign with Barcelona. He agreed to a contract to re-sign with Barcelona that they put up. And then the league rejected the contract because they won't allow Barcelona to again have to find like leverage to pay this contract that they agreed to, even though Messi was taking a hometown discount or like a Barcelona discount, even though they agreed to terms, his his agents and all that, they agreed this was the done deal. The league, La Liga, the Spanish league, shut down the contract. So when he was like crying in his press conference and everything yesterday about leaving, it's because he wants to stay at Barcelona. They literally like the league won't allow the contract. So he can't, he like literally can't play at Barcelona, even though he wants to. It's crazy. I, I saw a tweet that even if he took $0, they still would be in that same position where they owe the league or the league won't le- let them sign more players for more money. So <clears throat> bad spot that Barcelona's put themselves in. I also don't know the history between that, behind that. So I'm sure there's a lot of diehard soccer fans that are listening to us, like knowing all the information. But I think that was a pretty good um, recap because that's exactly what like Rudy was trying to explain to me yesterday on the plane. So... Um, yeah, no, it's really interesting shit. There's a lot of money that gets tossed around out there, uh, in those leagues. It's nuts. I mean, I saw rumors that he was like going to sign for like, I don't know what he ended up signing for in Paris, but is it like $600 million? That was like the initial number. It was almost a billion dollars to play soccer. I saw, I, I, that's the number I saw like 600 something million dollars which it feels like a dr evil quote when you when you throw that kind of money around but he um so then za was explaining to me because i said you know what's the deal with this psg with the paris team um because it's like do they play against anybody or is it just champions league and he's like no they i guess like all these rich like oil money um basically like bought psg and then they just pay outrageous amounts of money to the best players in the world it's like neymar's there and they just dominate the like uh, french league and then they just basically exist to entertain like these guys with all this money and then dominate the champions league so Messi's just going to go there now i think he's making his big announcement today and like from the eiffel tower or something it's gonna be crazy that was now. a very funny tweet by psg that it said breaking news like we will un Paris uh, PSG will unveil Messi at the Eiffel Tower. Like unveil him as if, like 
I'm picturing him like coming out the top of the Eiffel Tower or something. <laughs> yeah, now, I think that's the plan. Did they not? Is Barca now in such dire shape because did they not get any transfer fee? Like in soccer, it's all about buying and selling the players. If he was just a free agent, did they just lose out on that transfer fee too? I haven't paid attention to any of it. I I don't know. I don't think they. Like I think that in order to do from what Zah made it sound like too. Now that Messi is gone from Barcelona, that like that league is just gonna collapse. Like nobody, <laughs> like no one's gonna care about it. It's like over. Barcelona went from like the most storied club in the yes. world for the last two decades to they're just gonna be irrelevant. That's what Zah made it sound like to me. Um, because you know they lose Messi and they lost other guys. So uh, who knows? Like we, uh, like Frankie said, we don't know enough about it. We're not. Um, overly experienced, but just following it along and how different it is from the NHL or from PGA Tour, you know, in terms of like contracts and how you make money. It was fascinating because this guy is by all measures, like perhaps the greatest player to ever play the game of soccer in a, in the most popular sport in the world. And he's, you know, going to go to Paris basically on like a super team. It sounds like, and they're going to unveil him like he's jumping out of a fucking birthday cake. at the <laughs> Is there, um, <clears throat> Is peak Messi better at his sport than peak Tiger Woods? I don't know. I don't know. There could be an argument for that, but I just have no idea. But I will say, to Riggs' point, he's like one of my favorite athletes. He is so beautiful to watch. Like when he moves around a soccer field it's or a pitch or whatever, it's pitch. incredible. Because um, I don't even soccer. Like People debate like him and Ronaldo. So it's, I, don't, I have no idea. Like There's no yeah, debate. I-, I guess there's debate in soccer, too. The only thing I would say is like the the difference between Messi and the next best player, like of his generation. I don't know if that was as big as like the difference between Tiger and the next. But yeah, like Messi took a program and just made them like the best in the world for fifteen years or however long twenty years or however long it's been. And in a game where there's however what are there nine people on like the pitch or ten people eleven people on the pitch? I think it's eleven. Uh, if you include the goalie at a time. So there's 22 people out there. There's only so much impact you can have. Like we talk about that in hockey all the time too. Like you're only on the ice like a third of the time if you're Sidney Crosby. There's only so much of an impact you can have when there's so many people out there. Yet he just would steal games and score like three goals and just dribble through people like it was their fucking cones and dominate the game. And the highlights, man, like his, that's the other thing is he wasn't like, it wasn't like he just picked up garbage goals. Like, those goals that he scored when you watch these highlight tapes, it's like the other guys are children, uh, and they're the best yeah. players in the world. He, like, yeah. dribbles through their legs and spins around and, like, fakes him, and they're falling over all over the place. It almost, they look like, the other guys he plays against in soccer, they look like um, the police in movies when the bad guys could just, like, kill the police yeah. and embarrass them really easily. That's right, that move. That's what they look like. He just embarrasses everyone, so... So yeah, and he's tiny. Like he's fucking. They just call him like the little guy. I hear the announcer all the time, like, "Oh, the little guy did it again." It's unbelievable. <laughs> I think that works to his advantage. He's just like he's got those. His little legs are going really fast, and he's just ripping around people. I think if he was six five, he wouldn't be as good. This guy's crazy, awesome. Man. He's absolutely said, awesome. So you said Sidney Crosby before, <clears throat> and we were sitting with uh, Merles, who is in the Spit and Chicklets crew. He's he was he played in the NHL, <clears throat> then went over to Sweden, and he lives in Sweden. He's like his wife's in Sweden and stuff, and he's coming back and forth. And anyone on Twitter has seen Merles. He gives out these bets. He's maybe the best like gambler of all time, and no one's like not a minute, that many people have picked up on this. The guy is outrageous at his picks, and he played with Sid. He was actually Sid's first roommate ever, 
And the way that he talks about that guy and how good of a leader he is, it was like giving us all the chills at the table. We were almost like in tears. He like couldn't put it into words, which is how you knew how crazy it is. Like he was basically explaining it like what you just said with Messi, where like there's other professionals that are the best in the world. And Sid would come in as like a 19 year old kid or whatever he was and somehow just had something different. He was like equating it to like the MJ documentary where like even during practice, he'd look at you and like you'd have this sense of like, oh, fuck, like. What like what did I just do wrong? He's like the, like I'm like older than this. Like what like, what like I don't know why I'm listening to this kid, but I am. And he just like gained all of this like amazing amazing respect from all these pros. And like he he also said like Sid just knows how to be a leader. It was almost like he was born with it. Like he knows like when to go out with the boys to the bar. He's not just a nerd that like the guys like oh he works really hard and he like makes you feel like an asshole for practice. Like he practices more than you do. Like he he'll go out and grab drinks for someone's birthday. Like so like the next day if he makes you work really hard you're like oh yeah like Sid was out with us last night. He's like one of us and he's working that hard. And like the only reason Sid would go out is because of like that like. That, like, leadership mentality of, like, I need the boys to see me once every couple of weeks. Like, I can grab a beer. I can... It's amazing how much he's thought it out. So, I, it was just such a cool, like, experience to hear the inner workings of, like, a Sidney Crosby brain. Because they're all like that. The Messies, the Wayne Gretzkys, the Michael Jordans. It's nuts. They're just it's all, something it's different. Just, like, I was, I was looking at, um, you know, I was clearly deep in the messy rabbit hole, if you can't tell. And, like, his... The, the Barcelona like physio guy I saw like the Instagram that he posted and somebody had like translated it and the the physio guy was basically like Messi is the most important thing that ever happened in my life like from a professional level from a personal level like this guy is the biggest hero in the history of the world like he drove me to be better professionally he inspired me personally like I, him being part of my life changed my life for the better forever and just every word that he was saying about Messi was the same way Frankie we were like holy shit like not only is this guy blessed with talent not only is he got like charisma but he is just born to lead and like inspire people around him and it's just there's only so many people like that no wonder the guy the guy should be getting two billion dollars like he gets he only gets 700 million like listen to the to the shit that people are saying about this guy and like i I saw a video and I had to tweet about it. And all of a sudden I'm getting quote tweeted by like people that are speaking Spanish and stuff. I don't even know who's quote tweeting my tweet, but they're like, this guy, this Riggs guy found messy. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's our guy. So, so yeah, he just, people that are on that level. And I have heard that about Sid too. Like the Chicklets YouTube video where they interviewed Sid for like an hour is one of my favorite watches on YouTube. Like once a month, I'll just go watch that. So And the way he talks. Yeah. Like he's boys with the guys, but like, also clearly their leader, which is a hard – that's a very hard balance to find. Yeah, because you hear sometimes, like, guys will resent the player that is at Sid's level if he's, like, a dick about it or, you know, like, tattletailing to the coach or or making guys feel like it's less, you know, superior and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, it was really, really cool. And, like, even, like, the guy Oleski that was sitting there was like, yeah, Sid will still reach out to me. I played, like, a couple seasons with them. He'll still be like, how are you doing? How's it going? Like, how are you doing out there in Anaheim? Stuff like that. It was crazy. It's just, like, how how they think about how every moment is going to impact them as a leader. It's all, like – it's not even like awesome. it's um, – it's not even like it's, like it's equated in his brain. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, what a legend. Um, all right, we got uh, golf. We're going to talk about uh, the sport called golf nice. that we play and that we enjoy. Um, cool guy, Abe, Abe Answer, 
We had him on the show a few months ago. He's got the tequila. He ripped it up at the President's Cup, even though Frankie said he should quit golf. He lost to Tiger Woods. He did lose to Tiger Woods. But he's been on the up and up. He's been uh, – he's just got that kind of um, – he seems fearless out there. Like It seems like he should have won many PGA Tour events because he, he seems to not only – not flinch under pressure, but like welcome it. The way that his his whole demeanor, his perfectly groomed beard, he just seems like he would be winning golf tournaments. Got his first PGA Tour win yesterday, birdied um, the playoff hole, and then uh, both Hideki and Zed Birds left out, violent lip out for Birds. But um, congrats to Abe Answer, awesome dude. Um, his caddy, who's actually can't get over right now. Uh, because of visa issues, he's like stuck in Canada. He can only caddy for him, and he's playing like international tournaments. Uh, but he's the fucking man, Daryl. He's awesome. So they got like a cool vibe going. The whole thing. Abe answer first win uh, wins millions of dollars because the WGC. Congratulations to our friend uh, Abe answer. Who also we have a running thing going where every time we see him, he his go to comment right. He's like, oh, I know these guys. I'm supposed to say something to them. What he says is like, oh yeah, like. Did you guys get those hats? And we're like, <laughs> no, like we don't have the Azul hats yet. We actually didn't get those. He goes, oh, I'll tell my guy, make sure you get them. And we're like, awesome. And then he never does. And then next time we see him, he does the same thing. So he owes us hats, but love Abe answer. I hope it's like, um, it, it, is it Conan that kept saying, like, sorry, oh no, is it Conan that says we can't get to Oh, it's Jimmy da- Kimmel. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel, like we can't get to you, Matt Damon, like every single show. He was, he's going to bring out Matt Damon, but he doesn't come out. Like, I just hope every single tournament for the rest of our lives that Abe Hanser and, and we are all at the same thing, that he continuously offers us those tequila hats, and we just never get our hands on them. I never want one, ever. But I want to keep asking him for one. Right. I, I actually do want the hats, but I also really don't want the hat. Because I agree. I like the thing that's going on where we just don't – it's partially on us, too, because we don't give him an address. We don't give him anything. We just say – that logo is sweet, which is true. The logo is really cool. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'll send you guys some hats. And we're like, great. Can't wait to get them. And then next time we see him, it's the same thing all over again. So I hope yeah. – I also – I want the hats, but I also do not want the hats whatsoever. I don't know that we're ever going to get them. Um, and, uh, you know, that makes sense. Harris English and Bryson DeChambeau collapsed on the back nine. I saw there was one uh, screenshot where, like, after the front nine, I think – Harris English was at 20 under. Bryson was at 18 under. And the next closest were at 15 under. And then there was a three-way playoff. And neither one of them was in the playoff. Like, not even close. So, they just both melted down. I saw Harris English afterwards, credit to him, did an interview. And uh, Bryson did not. Bryson uh, declined to talk to media. But, he shocking, which we'll get to. But he, being Harris English, Harris English. Harris English. You know, we've always struggled to say it. Harris English. Harry. um, He, Harris English, was talking about how they were put on the clock. And he ended up having a, a couple quotes about just, he said, we were worn on the front nine, kind of got behind, felt like we were running pretty much the whole round, and that really caught up. So you're having to run between the green and the tee, and it's hard for me to slow down. So they got put on the clock. Clearly that rattled both of them. They both melted down to the back nine, uh, which you just don't see very often, especially when guys are playing really well. Harris English was like unflappable the whole tournament and then melted down to the back nine. So that's a little bit of a shame. He also... I just had a bubble in my throat. That almost, I almost I felt like I was going to pass right? out there for a second. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. He also had interesting comments about the experience of playing with Bryson DeChambeau, where people calling him Brooksy all the time, how it's like relentless, which we've known. We knew that people were going to do that as soon as Bryson responded. But like, I think Harris English, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is the first person 
in the game of golf who has been like, this Brooksy thing is getting a little ridiculous. Like, it clearly rattles Bryson. Bryson wants to pretend that it doesn't bother him when it clearly bothers him. Then, they've, then they're on the clock, so they've got to do all this rushing. People are yelling Brooksy. I just thought it was an interesting like, look into what it's like to play with Bryson as a person who isn't Bryson. Because I think the only perspective we've really gotten is from Bryson, and it's either he's going to the security being like, throw out anybody who says Brooksy, or he's trying to pretend that it doesn't bother him and act like, no, I'm cool, I'm Bryson, the Brooksy thing doesn't bother me. So I thought it was really interesting to hear from a guy like Harris who's like, yeah, it's pretty crazy out there. And I know like people aren't going to have any sort of sympathy for Bryson, but I thought it was an interesting perspective from, from someone who's not Bryson DeChambeau. Did you see when the lady was like, Brooksy, and he was just like, good one. Bryson was just like, good one. I love that response. Because, like, it's an old lady trying to get in the mix with, like, the thing that's in. She's probably like, aha, Brooksy, that'd be funny. I'll scream Brooksy at him. And he just looks at her and just goes, good one. Like, like, uh, that is the type of response that you need to start getting from a Bryson where he's just like, you're such a loser. Like, oh, like you're a part of this, like, Brooksy thing? Nice. Yeah. It's that, just tricky, we, too, because they're traveling across the country, so – it's going to be a new group of people at every one that right. all want to get in the mix. So it's like a full year before it can really turn over, you know, where like every golf fan gets their jab. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to live there. It's going to be one of those things. I mean, Rory said comments about playing with Tiger, how it's like a two stroke disadvantage, um, you know, because of all the people there. And it's probably somewhat similar for, for Harris and others that play because there's so much chirping that Bryson does get because of that interaction. Yeah, he. You could check the tape. Like when he, when that video came out, I think it was the PGA Championship during Pratt's round, where he was like, "Don't call me Brooksy." You can check the tape. Like we, any person that understands the internet and people and human interaction knows, like, oh, that's a death wish. You now, for the rest yeah. of your career, basically, will be yelled Brooksy, and it will drive you crazy. And now here we are to the point where it is such a fever pitch that, like, in his post round interview after collapsing, Harris English is like, "I got to talk to you guys about this Brooksy stuff." Like it's. <laughs> It takes over the whole day. So it is It is clearly affecting Bryson. It, you know, it is, I guess, a little bit of a bummer if you're trying to look at everything from a fair standpoint. You know, it's not like Bryson's out there, like, murdering people. And that, right. you know, that's why we well, just like, like there's, well. He's yeah, got to yell you know, four. He, you could c- kind of classify that as murder, perhaps, because we had Richard Bland, who's uh, the guy that was uh, almost won the United States Open Championship, who was just watching the coverage, I think, and just tweeted out, like, Bryson plowing it into the crowd again off the tee and no shout of four. Maybe it needs someone to get seriously injured for him to learn. So Mr. Bland just took a shot at Bryson as well for the non-four comment thing. Um, so, yeah, Bryson's just in the news again for you know reasons that are not great. Clearly the Brooksy thing is affecting him because it's affecting people that are playing with him. And I don't know that it really will ever subside. Like, I don't know unless he starts to handle it like Frankie said where he's like, Good one, dude. Like, you're really funny. Great job. And just roast people, which that, get, that gives me real quick. Trend. I got roasted by the Dunkin' Donuts lady this morning. So we are on our way to the Barstool Classic and probably the funniest car ride I've ever been in. We have John Fatterberg, Casey Smith, myself, and Zach, who does our social. Probably the funniest 15-minute, like, sober car ride I've ever been a part of just with the chirping and the stories and the ridiculousness that was going on with that crew. I fucking love those people. They're hilarious. But... um Man, we go. We get three coffees at at Dunkin' Donuts, and I get a large hazelnut iced coffee with just milk. Casey Smith gets a large regular iced coffee with just milk, so they look identical. Well, lady hands me one coffee, 
And I just said instinctually, I was like, is this the hazelnut or the regular? And she goes, why don't you check the label? You think I made it? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and the whole car was like in tears. And I just said out loud, I was like, I I just got roasted by like the Dunkin' Donuts late. And then she's like, here's your next coffee. And then we just fucking drove off. And everyone's like, she just roasted you. It was was unbelievable. I was like, I I just asked like which coffee it was. And she, she literally was like, what, you think I made it? Like check the label. It's like. All right, like roasted. You could have just said it's shop. the fucking regular one, maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Roasted at not, the coffee shop. You got it. Not all that dissimilar to Frankie getting roasted by the guy at the at the gate at the airport. Just being like, is the number? I, I don't remember the story, but it, similar to that, where you, those people, I, I those people I don't want to deal with you guys with Riggs. I remember those what people, that those people don't want to deal with Riggs and Frankies. Of the I remember world. what like, that fucking just, guy just said to me. Get your coffee. Get in. Get on your fucking airplane and like keep it moving. <laughs> That fucking guy said to me, uh, it, he called rows 15 through 20. I thought we were boarding the plane like normal human beings from front to back. And I was row 14. And I walked up there and I said, hey, and I, I, I didn't even look at him. I just scanned my ticket. He puts his hand on my chest and says, does 14 come between 15 and 20? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, it doesn't. He goes, very good. Step aside. I was like, what is happening to me right now? And then I go back what? up there and he goes, look who learned how to count. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Why do you hate me so much? Why do you hate me so much? That's how I felt, dude. It was crazy. I was like, why are you targeting me? I just asked you mad at me or yourself. And that reminded me, too, of the five guys. Remember the five guys guy that roasted you, Frankie? Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, can I get a cheeseburger? Uh, Just pickles, cheese, and ketchup. He goes, oh, do you want the bun and the meat also? I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) as he did it, I I put my hands up. Like, all right. Yeah, I do. I do. I do want the bun and the meat. Oh, okay, because you were just kind of saying that you just wanted the ketchup, cheese, and pickles. Woo! Holy fuck, um, dude. Do you... Yeah, we're just getting roasted. So, do you guys think somebody like Harris English reporting, essentially, on what happens during a round with Bryson DeChambeau will stop some people from doing it? Because I think that might be the only way where, like, it feels like Harris English is an adult, and he's publicly saying, like... It's crazy out there. Like, I get that you guys want to get in on this joke, and, it, and it's fun, and it's clearly driving Bryson insane. But Harris is like, it's a lot. It's just really a lot out there. I wonder if that'll have any effect. Probably won't, but I think it might make people be like, all right, maybe we've done this enough. Um, I know what can have effect real quick, Trent, is whoop. Uh, Frankie brought it up at the beginning of the show about how he's got, like, 98% whoop recovery. Uh, mine was, like, 28% today, but that's guys called a couple friends last night. In, uh, in Boston, you know, visiting old friends. Um, my buddy Tim, by the way, I have to talk about this. He made steaks last night. He grilled steaks. He made Parmesan-crusted steaks. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen a normal citizen make. Like, that sounds so I, good. Dude, it was better than all, 90% of steaks I've ever had at steakhouses. And he just threw it on the grill. And him and his wife, like, yeah, we make, like, Parmesan-crusted Steaks and the every bite of this steak was was life changing. Like the juices and the cheese, and the parmesan were just like flowing through my mouth and just pleasing my taste buds. It was a shocking experience. It's amazing we don't do that. We don't crust them with parmesan. Everything should be crusted with parmesan. Everything. But what that led to, you know, a little bit of uh, red wine and then a 28% recovery today. But the two days prior, I got like 10 hours of sleep on Thursday night because I had gotten like two hours of sleep the night before. 
And I actually said I needed 10 hours and 58 minutes. So my sleep, even though I got 10 hours, was like 91%, not 100%. Um, but I was in the green those two days. And boy, did I feel like a million dollars because Whoop, uh, it's the world's most powerful fitness wearable, provides 24-7 personalized sleep, training, recovery insights. Whoop can help right now. They're offering 15% off if you go with the code foreplay at checkout at whoop.com. So you go to w-h-o-o-p.com. Enter foreplay, which is one word at checkout. You're going to get 15% off. We've been talking about Whoop for years now. Um, you got Rory. You got Justin Thomas. You got all these top-level athletes that are doing it, that are um, you know clearly utilizing it to help their lives, help their performance, get data on their bodies. You can as well. You go to whoop.com. Use the code foreplay at checkout. You get 15% off. But Dude, yeah, It's amazing that like when, when you look at how like when you wake up and you see that low recovery and you know you have a busy day, it really makes you think about like not doing things before busy days. Like Thursday yep. night, we had a night in, in Detroit. Obviously, the Chicklets guys are there, and like we're at the Barcel Sportsbook at Greektown, and just having a night in the casino, the craps table. Also, Merles and Whitney, the two best people to play craps with of all time. I mean, Merles is sitting there bending the dice into the felt to soften up the corners and he's like he goes he's like the dealers don't like this and he's like <laughs> looking at them and and they're they're laughing at him he's like you hate this don't you because he thinks he has an edge on them because he's bending them into the corners of the felt Amazing. um but woke up with an 11 percent recovery and had to do a 15.8 strain so it's just there's the red is this big the blues all the way around next day woke up with a 12 percent recovery 15.2 strain so just two days in a row, absolutely barely alive, and then today, 98% because I got 10 hours of sleep. So it, it is really cool. Give it a try, whoop. Everyone I talk to, anyone that sees me wearing one, they're like, is it worth it? Is it cool? I'm like, honestly, even if you're not the most fit person, if you're not the most active person, it's worth it just to see that stuff. Yep. To really see yep. how you're – it's like – it's just seeing how, like, life affects your body. Like, just life events affect your body. Yeah, it motivates you too to be better and live healthier. You know, you you understand like sleep, sleeping consistently, sleeping from basically the same time frames each night. How healthy that is for your body, your recovery, everything. So whoop.com, code foreplay at checkout. You're gonna get fifteen percent off. Um, Harris English making these comments. I think this will deter some people more than it'll um, more than it'll invite others. I do. I think some people are adults, humans. Will look at that and be like, eh. That is kind of shitty that he, you know, that other people are noticing it's bad. I don't know that for a fact, but my guess would be hopefully that becoming a storyline. And again, I don't know what, even why I'm saying hopefully. I just don't know that like right. singling somebody out and heckling them in golf is necessarily the greatest thing. It's hard because Bryson is not a sympathetic figure. He does no. all of the wrong things where you're just like, whatever. Just like if people are going to heckle him, he's kind of brought, he's brought that on himself to a degree. I was just, I thought Harris's comments were. We're interesting. It's it's something that we haven't seen yet from another PJ Tour pro because I think for the most part, I think people on tour and this is just completely speculative that they like watching Bryson get put through the ringer because he's just he's Bryson and it's incredibly annoying sometimes to watch Bryson just operate in general. So I I thought they were interesting. Did you see yeah. when this is classic Bryson because he did that thing where he said good one, which I thought was funny. And then right after there's another clip where some kid set him up for failure because he asked him like, Hey Bryson, like how do I prepare for the ACTs? And he stops in his tracks and like blinks a million times and does his like weird, like antisocial thing where he's like rubbing his eyes as he talks. And he 
just goes into this fucking <laughs> ridiculous explanation about how you have to actually learn like memorization tools as opposed to like learning the actual like problems and you have to find a way to get to the problem as opposed to the answer to the problem and the kids just like sitting there videotaping him as he goes on the spiel about like how to perfect the ACTs. And I get it. Like the kid asks him the question and Bryson's giving him a well thought out answer. Some people right. could think that's, Oh, it's sweet. That's so nice. He's such a personal person. I couldn't, I hate watched it. I, I, I <laughs> couldn't, like, I wish he would be like the ACTs, like go fucking go pick up a dumbbell or something. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, why it was one of the worst things there? I've ever watched. It was, it was one, one of the worst, worst things I've ever watched. Dude, he led to with like what he got. He goes, yeah, I didn't do that. Well, I got like a 30 and the kid was like, Oh, I would do anything Dude, for a 30. Aced it. Okay. <laughs> it was like, it was so brutal. I couldn't watch it. I had can to we put it that clip in through. by the way? Can we just like put that in right now? Just for everyone to hate, listen. Hey, and I have another question. Do you have any tips for me on the ACT? Oh, ACT. Uh, I didn't even do that well. Dude, yeah, yeah, a thirty. But I I said just study hard. One of the things you gotta be good at is a lot of memorization techniques. Um, It's not really about knowing all the problems. It's being really good at knowing which ones to cancel out. All right. It's like not like you you knowing that those aren't the answers. Yeah. Coming to conclusion. All right. People might shut off the podcast. Our last ad read might get nothing through it because people are like, <laughs> fuck this podcast. I'm not listening to this guy. Yeah, that was tough. That made me want to punch him. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that. Now I am not probably going to search it out. Or I might hate watch it, I guess. Dude, he, he, he lets out this sigh as if like this kid has to now know exactly how to ace the ACDs. Like, he's like, um, well, it's and then he just oh, goes on. Man. It's bad. Really bad. Yeah, it was tough. He's People just a tough guy to root tough. for. Impossible. I agree. I completely <laughs> really agree. Really hard. Um, somebody was easy to root for, Nelly Corda. So she continues her absolute rampage on the game of golf. She won the Olympic gold. Things got interesting. There was like a rain delay with two holes left. But she got it done, won the Olympic gold. She now has – she's number one in the world. She's only 23 years old. She won the Women's PGA, which is a major championship at Atlanta Athletic Club. She won the Meyer Classic, the Gainbridge, and the Olympic Gold all this year. Um, so her tear over the last you know three or four months has literally been like the best golf on earth. She was out driving um, everybody. I was watching the final round, and she's always hitting last. So she just hits it a mile. Her club distances, they're like they kept being like, yeah, she's you know one seventy one out. She got like a seven iron. I'm like, that's that's how far I hit my seven iron. So it's like she just is potentially the best golfer. In the world. I don't care, like, male, female, whoever. Like, John Rahm, yeah, you know, he's been playing lights out. But I don't know if you had to go far down the list to find um, – till you got to make an argument for that she's just the best player on planet Earth at the game of golf right now. She's fucking unreal. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal stretch of golf. Um, like you said, it's just – you could just tell that she's just better than everyone else right now. And and when you're watching the highlights from when she's playing, she's just on it. And and she's on an absolute fucking heat streak. Um, people were talking about Nelly in the Barcelona sports book, like trying to get bets in, knowing that she would dominate. Her name was floating around the Barcelona sports book at Greek Town because they had it on the whole entire day. Um, I mean, it, that's how you know that like 
someone's taking over, especially in women's golf, doesn't get that much like publicity and doesn't get that much coverage. But like she was everywhere, dude, on all these screens in a major sports book with all these sports going on, the Olympics, baseball, everything. Like Nellie Corda was just like on the main screen, hitting bombs and hitting it tight, and all of her highlights are long putts. It was awesome to see. Clean it was, sweep. Because she started Americans. out cold too, so it was like, and then she obviously closed strong and won. But <clears throat> on the betting side, and I've got a very hoarse voice after a a long weekend um but yeah she started out a little cold i was trying to do the same thing frankie looking to see where i could put money on because she's been lights out and that's just betting obviously on just a complete favorite and i think there's no reason why she doesn't just run away with the game of golf dude she had a double on the front nine and then followed it up with three straight birdies so it's like that's just how you win when she was you know finally had a mistake a mistake here and there she doubled 18 i think like in her second round um, to shoot 62. So it's like she, and clearly with a few mistakes, was still able to get the whole thing done. So she's a badass. Um, We've talked a lot about their family, and they both uh, tennis stars. Her dad, I believe, won the Australian Open, which is a major championship, got up to number two in the world. Her mom um, was a professional tennis player. I think she got to, like, top 30 in the world. And then, obviously, her their younger brother, um, what is it, Sebastian? Is that his name, Lurch? Yeah, Seb, yeah, yep. He's like 18 or 19, and he's probably the most, you know, hot, the best up-and-coming American tennis player. Is that correct? Pretty, Yeah, I would say it's up to him and probably Taylor Fritz, but the two of them, Seb Corder, they think maybe has more potential, so tough to tell. But, yeah, it studs across the board. Her sister, Jessica, who's like 28, has got, um, you know, several wins on the LPGA Tour. So they're just an athletic you know, freak family in all the best ways possible. So uh, congrats to her. United States of America, clean sweep in golf for the gold medals mm-hmm. uh, with obviously Xander Shoffley and Nelly Corda getting the gold medal. So um, congrats to them. I had a question, a rules question I was thinking about. Wait, and she did it in the heat, by the way, which is even, I mean, the heat was Hot outrageous. Balls. It was like 112 Hot. degrees. Um, during round one, I saw a funny, it wasn't funny because, I mean, I hope he's okay, but Lexi Thompson's caddy just couldn't take it anymore. Had yep. to be helped off the golf course because of extreme heat. Reminded me of just Trent. Like, I mean, he just bowed out and just couldn't handle the sun anymore. And, I mean, he's a native, like, Floridian, so, like, you have to imagine how fucking hot it probably was. But for a guy to finally say, I can't do it anymore, <laughs> you have to be so, like, rattled and hot. <laughs> To be helped off the golf course, like you're you're doing everything you can to not get to that point, and he still got to that point. So, just imagine how fucking hot it must have been. Extreme heat is no joke. It's it's no oh. joke. It gets too hot, you get disoriented, feel like you're gonna throw up, feel like you're gonna pass out. Maybe your heart rate gets to 192 at you know in Atlantic City, and you just sometimes you can't caddy in the Olympics or you can't do a podcast on a Monday night. It's like heat strikes you in different ways, and when it hits, it's a motherfucker. Trent got so hot that he couldn't do the podcast. It's the only show you ever missed. Not That's probably right. not the only show I've ever missed. It's one of very few, but uh, I just couldn't do it. I had the worst. The worst just, part is the, the headache. You looked bad that day. Yeah, you looked you bad. Just, Leaving you that appeared, place, you didn't look well. You appeared on the Zoom screen, and you're just like, boys, I can't do it. I just, I so, so beat up and dominated by the heat today that I cannot do this podcast right now. And I drove you home Thompson's to the city. Cat. We had AC just blasting on his face, and he was just drinking <laughs> water, like hoping not to puke. Well, that's the other thing, too, is I've now gotten to a point where I get car sick. I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm rarely in a car these days. I've lived in New York for 
like five years now where you're you walk everywhere you take the subway whatever when i get into an uber and i drive 15 minutes if i go to the office i feel like i'm gonna fucking throw up all over the place so that and then all the heat and then we were on the drive me and lurch were on the driving range in atlantic city trying to figure out how to hit my irons this was long before john tillery came along and i was just working really hard at it and it was just a bad combination and i want i thought i was gonna die well, this is what it is. I'm glad you survived. And you're right. Thanks. Nelly uh, got it done in the heat, too. She She's just a badass. She's as badass as it fucking gets right now. Congrats to her. She'll be very fun to follow. We got an American. You know, we're American guys, so we like to root for that. Um, okay. I have a rules question. So, teeing up in front of the tee box, uh, tee marker, right? If you're, like, six inches in front of the tee marker, you know, people joke a lot, like, oh, you're going to tee it up from, you know, in front. You're going to incur, like, a two-stroke penalty. So I started thinking, is there like, is there like a, a DQ factor or something if you tee it off, if you tee off so far in front of the tee markers? Because I was thinking like, if it's just a two-stroke penalty, why wouldn't you just put it right next to the hole, just like tee it up and then just put it into the hole and then just take a two-stroke penalty and be like, yeah, I got a three there, just do that on every hole. Oh, you're saying walk all the way to the green, put the tee in the green, and then just bunt it into the hole. Yeah, and they'd be like, oh, you teed up in front of the T-Mark. You'd be like, you know what? You're right. That's a two-stroke penalty. So I, instead of a one, I got a three there. The and then we put you, in a, like, put you in a straight jacket and never allow you onto the streets or to interact with humans ever again. What do you mean? That's if crazy. The, if the, no, I would do that if the rules allow it. But the rules have to say like the teeing surface or something. You know what I mean? Like there has to yeah. be some something in the rule that says on the tee grounds, <laughs> on the teeing surface. Because if not, I will be doing that next round I play. I'm sure the rules state that. I just wasn't sure what it was. Because I started thinking somebody did it the other day, and they were, I think it was at the Barstool Classic in D.C. And he's like, oh, I almost teed up in front of the tee box. That would have been a two-stroke penalty. And I was like, but if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just, just do it to the mat? Like, just do it all the way up on the green, tee it up an inch away from the hole, and just put it into the hole, and then be like, yeah, I... I got a one there, but you guys are going to penalize me, I guess. So I'll take a three. Barstool Classic is one thing, but if you are a person that actually gives someone a stroke penalty for teeing it up in front of the fucking markers, that like some hungover assistant superintendent went out there and just threw these markers down in the middle of a tee box, like, and you're going to tell me that if I like, I'm talking to someone, I've done that before where I'm having a conversation as I'm walking up to the tee, I look down throw it in i'm like an inch in front and i'm like i look up and i say i don't give a fuck you think i'm gonna re-tee this thing i mean come on if you call me out on that i hope that you get hit by a car on the way home and <laughs> and that inch isn't gonna make a difference like you're that ball is no. going wherever it's going no matter what Doing that hundreds of yards all over the place <laughs> right. the only thing that i think about is when i tee it up is it on a par three because like if I teed it up on the right, because you're not really, you're aiming at the flag, but you don't really know. It's like, if I put it on the left side, like maybe would that have been a hole in one? Like that's the only time I ever think about teeing it up. Like, does that make a difference? But besides that, no difference at all. Totally. I would say, um, this reminds me, Forrest Dunes, how cool is it? They just had a, a pole in the ground was the tee marker. And you could just, cool. they just wanted you to tee off within like a couple club lengths on either side of it. I thought that was sweet. Right. I thought that was awesome. And just a really relaxed way to play the game of golf. Just like, this is the general Sets the tone. Sets the tone early of like, you're chilling. 100%. And then Um, I don't know if you saw Jake Bass's uh, text there. Big difference to the rule change, which we didn't know. 
this is huge. This is a game just makes a lot of sense now. I figured there had to be a rule. That's why I brought it up. If you play from the incorrect teeing area from the blue tees instead of the white ones on a hole, as an example, or outside the allowable teeing area on the correct tee box, you will receive a two-stroke penalty and be required to replay the shot. But I guess my question would be if, like, I feel like um, it might have been like Podrick Harrington. I can't remember who, but I feel like in one tournament, it was controversial if the person was actually in front of the tee marker or not. It was like super close. But if they were deemed to have been in front, like after the fact, you can't go replay, you finish your round. Would that person just be DQ'd then? I bet they would just be DQ'd probably. Probably. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. I just had a. I just had a little bit of a rules question, John. Yeah, the replay um, that your shot theory really hurts any ability to tee it up on three. Yeah, well, it kills it. That's just now the theory. <laughs> you're just going to rack up penalty strokes, and you're still on the tee box. So that it's a good thought, though. It's good to take a rule to the extreme to figure out a way to stop Riggs from just wandering down to the hole while everyone else is standing on the tee box, and people be like, what's this psychopath doing? It'd be anarchy. Putting it- this Riggs right. is playing the game of golf in a, in a wild fashion right now. It's, he's out of control. Lost control of Riggs. Is how um, how in trouble do you think I am at this orthopedic that I'm going to be 15 minutes late? Do you think they're going to they're give me some snarls, some bad looks? No, you I feel like doctor's gonna appointment. Doctor's going to be late. You're going to be you, that guy won't get you in there till noon at best. That's what I hate. They, they make you feel like assholes and they're like, well, you got to be here at 11. You actually should be here 15 minutes early to do your paperwork, and then they make you sit in the waiting room for an hour. <laughs> What's the? I guess if they don't hold you to that, it is anarchy. People are just showing up whenever they want. There is so no you schedule. are on the doc, just like you said, where you can't go at like eleven forty-five on a Saturday night. Like you right. are on the doctor's page. Like it, you're in his book right now, and he can write that book however he wants. So I'm like going to. At- the, I went to this orthopedic, and I went to this doctor, and he was such a dick to me and so mean, telling me that there was nothing wrong with my shoulder at one point. That I'm now going to another person in the same office, and hopefully <laughs> they they don't recognize me or the doc. I don't cross paths with this doctor in the hallway because I was just like, you're wrong. You're getting a second opinion just from a doctor in the same office. His his coworker, <laughs> right, right. Where they probably like share lunch and they're like, oh, I had this uh, Frankie Borelli kid because like the other guy knew everything about me, like barstool, so they know who I am inside that office. So if this guy just says the same things, like what? He came to who? He came to you again? I just told him there was nothing wrong. <laughs> I hope that they see you and recognize. They're like, you're Frankie, right? The guy with the arm, and then yeah. you're just yeah. I hope that happens. That'd be very um, awkward for we'll you. See. Um, Notion. Notion is all-in-one team collaboration software that combines note-taking, document sharing, wikis, project management, shout out to uh, WikiLeaks, project management, and much, much, much more into one simple, easy-to-use tool. It's the one place where every team from engineering to sales can work together seamlessly with 500 integrated apps, including Google and Slack. You collaborate in real time, tailor workflows to your team's specific needs, and share with ease. This sounds like something like a Lurch-type figure would absolutely love. But um, Notion has a worldwide community of millions of users creating templates, tutorials, and new inspiration. So the product is getting better nonstop. It's getting better all the time. Find out how Notion may be the missing piece your team needs to fully unlock the promise of and remove the pain from remote work. Obviously, everybody's working remotely right now. We're doing this podcast remotely. In this very moment, we are doing our podcast remotely. It's nice to have something like Notion that obviously, you know, combines everything. You, my friends, can go to uh, Notion.so and use promo code FORPLAY. This is the SO thing. FORPLAY yep. to get $250 off its annual team plan. So Notion, they have the annual team plan. You go to Notion.so, 
So, and use promo code foreplay, you get $250 off the annual team plan. That's $250 off. Go to notion.so, use the promo code foreplay. That's one word, and you get $250 off. Um, I have to give a shout out to JJ Watt. JJ Watt took care of, paid for, uh, my tea times and a couple of our boys from Aaron Hills, uh, Hanky Panky and Ian. We played out at Lock LaBelle, which is kind of a, a brand new, Old course, 1896, but the uh, new ownership came in, completely redid the whole thing. It's like 15-minute drive from Aaron Hills. And my last day before I flew out for the Barcelona Classic to D.C., um, went over to Lock LaBelle. J.J. Watt like, DMs me about golf. The guy loves golf. Um, he's obviously an Arizona guy now, so we're going to play golf at some time. But we have this funny internet relationship where he'll just send me pictures from him playing golf. Be like, yeah, I was at this course today. It was awesome. And he was like, hey, I heard you're going to Aaron Hills. He's a Wisconsin guy, clearly. He's like, I heard you going to Aaron Hills. This is like a month ago. He's like, you got to check out one of my favorite places, Lock LaBelle. It's awesome. Let me know if you're going to go in there. So I you know, messaged you back and forth. And I said, yeah, I'm going to swing in there um, one day next week. Roll into the pro shop. They said, our very good friend, um, Mr. Watt, took care of your tee times, and he wanted to give you this gift. And he gave each of us um, some tailor-made golf balls that had the Lock LaBelle logo on them. So my golf friend, uh, who I've never met in person, Mr. J.J. Watt, who first messaged me about the LTP. He was like, hey, awesome what you're doing. Just wanted to say it's really cool. I said, can you send a video back for our video that we played for the girls? He did. That struck up this cool internet. Uh, we're like pin pals. We're like golf pin pals online. But I had to give a big thanks to J.J. Watt because he paid for my tea time. Surreal. That's a surreal story. What a good guy he is. I mean, I, I everything you see about J.J. Watt in the NFL is that he's like the nicest, most charitable easygoing guy in the world obviously he's a lunatic on the on the football field um and just an absolute monster but my god what a good story i mean jj watt get him on the pod guy's a fucking superstar we're absolutely going to get him on the pod and i like too because he um so you know i'm not trying to like reveal too much obviously in training camp right now so once i got somebody just honked their horn i hope that everybody's okay over there so new york city baby Woo! that's true fair (laughs) he uh you know, I, I shot him a DM when we were at, when they had told me that they're paying, he paid for the tea times. I just sent him a picture. It was like, we had an unreal time. Thank you so much, man. And then he actually emailed me a day or two later and was like, Hey, I'm off social media right now, but my friends at Lock LaBelle said you had a great time. You know, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Uh, and we kind of went back and forth. So he's like off social and we like JJ Watt was made fun of at Barstool for a very long time, largely for being like overly liked. He's like raising all this money for like relief. And he seems like the best guy ever. I'm telling you, these people at Lock the Bell, which is an, a phenomenal spot, they love the guy. They're like, J.J. Watt is just the best. He's the nicest guy. He loves golf. He always takes care of us. So um, so it would be crazy for me not to just you know shout out my man, J.J. Watt, who is my golf pen pal now. Amazing. What was that place? Sweet course? Dude, it was awesome. It was very different. You know, you're in Aaron Hills. is like wide open. Obviously, right. we've all been there. Fescue. This was like kind of... Um, a little bit more tree-lined, a little bit more kind of a classic golf course, but in Wisconsin, and the greens were crazy in a cool way. I like crazy kind of quirky golf. I'm talking some of the green, like the fourth green, which is probably 200-yard par three, had mounds on the green, like hills on the green, that were taller than a man. Like they were <laughs> like six-foot high like mounds on the back of the green that you could like putt it off of. And so the greens were absolutely bananas in a very fun way. So it was really, really cool. They had a, um, I think it's 18 holes, maybe 15 holes putting course, 
similar to like the thistle do or to the drumlet at Aaron Hills that they had right out on like the main patio and top of the hill overlooking the whole course. So they had like, uh, they brought out these old, I don't know if you'd call them like hickory, but like old, old school putters from like the 1800s that we were putting with on the par three course that like the pros brought out. And, you know, we had like drinks and we just hung out and putted on the course till like midnight and had ourselves a fantastic time. So if you're in that area, if you're in Wisconsin, go to Lock LaBelle because uh, they're doing it right. The ownership group, you know, they're like pour their hearts and souls into into this place. They're golf nuts. Like the day that we were there, the guy was like apologizing because him and another, I think, like part of the family or group, they like drove up to like Sand Valley to play golf because they just love golf. So anytime you got like an ownership group and whatnot that's that obsessed with golf that they're driving to Sand Valley to play golf, um, you know the place is in good hands. So it was really, really cool. We had a great time. That's awesome. I know uh, Frankie's got to run, so I think we're closing up a little bit here. But I uh, quick shout out to the Aaron Hills crew. Had dad, my dad's 71st birthday party there. Tremendous 16 guys, Ryder Cup style, all of his friends. Um, the place is just epic. If you're thinking about a trip, you know, a little sentimental, but like you only have so much time playing a father-son golf trip. It was just epic with all his buddies talking about my pops at different times of his life, things I didn't even know. It was just spectacular. And that course was just amazing. We had beautiful bluebird day, rainy day, where basically they're so nice there because you like come in, caddies, everybody waits around. You can go back out once the rain clears. Like it was just an epic trip. So shout out to that place. Had just an an unreal time and, uh, you know, hope to plan the next one soon. I think it speaks a lot to Aaron Hills that like you can go anywhere for your dad's 70th, 71st birthday. And you chose like Aaron Hills. Like that place is just the best. It was awesome. It was awesome. And people, I definitely were, people were like, Oh, Aaron Hills. Like there's no like water there, which like Frankie and I, like from just a view and optics standpoint, like that makes an, a golf course grow from like X to like two X. But that place you're like driving up in the middle of nowhere. And then, you just see the castle on top of the hill and like the very few, but very cool looking structures. And then playing that golf course, every hole is truly impressive and just gorgeous. And in its own way. Now um, I would say it's definitely a walk. I was like, here we go. Bob's next hill, baby. Keep it moving. <laughs> um, but actually he did, he did fine. And like on the last day, it was like a little sore, but it was really not bad. Like it was, it was uh, tremendous. So, Big shout out to Steve, the head of marketing there, and the whole Aaron Hill staff because uh, every individual at that place is like truly accommodating, kind, friendly, and just wants you to have the best experience possible. You kept calling it the 70th on your social media. It started to get under yeah. my nerves to the point where I wouldn't <laughs> I, watch it. I was hoping anymore. so. So, I mean, you did exactly what we said you would do. You did the Ryder Cup thing where you missed the 2021. You're going to call it 2020, right. 2020 2021. Right. So it's unfortunate that that happened to you, but you are the worst person on social media. Um, I mean, the, so you're, as soon as so I really, it's a really nice balance on this show where, where Lurch is kind of pouring his heart out a little bit, being like, you know, my dad and I took this great trip to Aaron Hill. Well, no, that, oh, that's really accommodating. We really had a great time. It is beautiful. It's it's very nice. And then Frankie's like, "Well, he kept calling it a Stephanie, so it was kind of a piece of shit." <laughs> no, it's just, he just—it's just he did exactly what we said he would do because, like, we we were saying, you're not going to call it a seventieth, right? You can't get that year back. And you said, "No, it'll be seventy first. First Instagram story, pop seventieth birthday." Yep. God. Actually, I got to laugh putting that one out, but we did break. We called it like seventy seventy first. It was like interchangeable during the trip. Um, we could have done like seventy point five. Right. Hey. That would have been that would have been even more creative, kind of. 
Um, well, I'm glad you guys got that. I mean, Aaron Hills is a great place. Um, that's, that is the one thing I would always worry about with like bringing like my dad or like his crew there is the walk would be too right. much for him to have. Yeah, it's a hell of a walk. Um, but the beauty and the, the everything aside from the golf is as good as it can get. For like Once you're an older property, guy, I mean, it's yeah. just like, right, everybody's just yeah. like, I can't believe how fun it is just to wake up, grab breakfast. All you're doing is like, okay, we take off at like 10.30, probably up because East Coast hours at like 7, so you're having an early breakfast. Like when I'm going to go down to the range, like start hitting balls, punt around, like it's just all golf there. It's 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 incredible, and everybody on the trip just gave it an incredibly raving review. The boys just love Wisconsin. We're just high on Wisconsin. That's a, We're pro-Wisconsin podcast. Um, all right. You, you I know, we're you, done here. Frank, oh, you know yeah. yesterday I saw two big fat bikers having sex in the woods. How am I supposed to chip with that going on? Attaboy, Jake Bass. Well done, Jake Bass. We did it. Fantastic. Close. I think we're eight really minutes well too long on that one, though, right? Yeah, you guys were riffing. I didn't want to ruin <laughs> That's the not the fucking way we do it, though. It's not the ninth green it's at 98. Not. No, it's, it's not. It's supposed to That's interrupt true. us. It's true. You should have just lied. We wouldn't have known what time it actually was. You Frankie knew. Frankie knew immediately. Because I, I looked before, and that was going to be my last thing. Like, we missed it again. But I appreciate the effort. It's just not good enough. All right, I appreciate the effort. No, you did. You did great. You did we could do a little bit better. We could do a little bit better. Just the do it. Just hit us with it. Like, just ninety minutes. Hit us with it. We just want to be shocked by it. Like that. Yeah, if you do it uh, conversationally at a good time, then it's all. It doesn't even really. And I understand the fear of doing it when we're like when we're talking about something. But I remember when Ebug did it for the first time like two weeks ago. We were in studio, me and Frankie, and right. Brendan started to talk, and we were about to jump down his throat because we were like, "What are you? What's happening? Why are you interrupting?" But then it turns out that it's the thing that we want. Yeah, we thought his brain like right. malfunctioned. We were like, "What are you doing, dude?" And then it was the th- it was the thing. It's it's a, one of our segments. And again, I love the effort. I love you know you're on top of it. You're just you know you gotta have you gotta just cut right through. Gotta cut through the shit. All right, um, Frankie, go get your arm fixed. I gotta go. Barstool Classic. We're at Pine Hills. We're at Boston. It's gonna be a good time. Fiddleberg Casey are here. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Hit it hard.